Hello, and welcome to episode 215 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have a review of Rorschach 8 by DC Comics. Your creative team on Rorschach is Tom King, writer, Jorge Forn is on art, Dave Stewart on colors, and Clayton Clowes on letters. This is your spoiler alert for Rorschach's one through eight, HBO's Watchmen series from 2019 and the Watchmen series from 1986. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. So Noah, as we normally do, let's uh, lead us off with initial thoughts of the book, and then we'll we'll, we'll do our deep dive. Um, no surprise, I loved this issue. Might be my favorite issue of the series so far. I, I think it kind of got back to what I love. I loved originally, like what 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 sort of firmly cemented it as a series that I love um, early on, which is sort of the detective work and the different POVs of of a certain events. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that about, I think that was issue three or issue two, where uh, the detective went to um, Meyerson's uh, apartment. And uh, that's that this sort of feels like it's getting back to that route, but like it feels like we're returning to that format, but things have changed drastically since then. We know so much more now. So it's sort of cool to get back to that format of, you know, of, of sort of like you know just a, a detective getting multiple accounts trying to piece together specific things yeah i loved it uh, i really liked it and um what, what are your thoughts yeah i i enjoyed it and i think one of the things we'll probably talk about as we go further is the uh the storytelling devices that they use mm-hmm. here but yeah it was certainly taking us back to the sort of detective story you know after the last two issues we had sort of the build-up to a reveal and then we had the reveal which we were all obviously freaking out over um so this sort of sort of with the ebbs and flows not that this is not that this is a a bad issue but this is sort of again sort of slowing us down and grounding us back into sort of a man on a mission trying to figure out um with the clues that he has and he certainly has more clues at this point of the story than he had earlier on but we're back sort of in sort of uh, a hard-boiled uh, detective story so i thought sort of you know as you want to pace things through an issue you probably want to try to pace things through a a series and this being a 12 issue series you know obviously the last two issues were sort of a you know a and you know an incline up and then we you know the the absolutely crazy reveal and you know we've already given the the spoilers but you know we were all just sort of dumbfounded that they actually went there that the mask came off and it was frank miller yeah definitely it doesn't have it doesn't have a twist like that but i think it has something that'll pay off by the end of the series and it kind of is playing into the inevitability that we've been sort of feeling throughout this series about our, 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 our protagonist losing his mind, mm-hmm. um, which I really loved about that. So I, I'm really excited to see the sort of his deterioration really come out in this issue and sort of definitely set that as the, you know, the final confrontation will be something very internal. Like, you know, the, this, the internal stakes have been set very firmly at this point. And it's kind of great to see those stakes come to the, forefront in this issue yeah we've talked a lot about sort of the the impending sense of dread sort of building you know we had the issue where he knocked on the door and we knew that somebody was coming to the door um, wearing a Rorschach mask and we didn't know how that was going to turn out so we sort of had like 
that the that moment of dread that we had to wait 30 days for but you know we've slowly been seeing this detective sort of um being worn down by this case and you know we're, we're each issue we're sort of building that dread and you know we have probably the last uh quarter of the story to tell and you know we're, we're still sort of seeing that build through here so you're right about sort of that um mental conflict that he's going through that that we feel like we're gonna come to a head here in the in the last couple of issues yeah and one thing i just thought of right now that we probably didn't mention on the last podcast where we reviewed number seven is that I, I would have expected, I guess, if this was your standard comic book story, you know, you would have your protagonist face off against what you would suppose to be the antagonist in the last act of the story, right? And we talked about this on the last issue that, you know, we're past the, like, last issue is kind of the midpoint. And so for the, you know, for it to start off with uh, our protagonist facing off with Rorschach halfway through the book is a real subversion of expectation. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that's really cool. I think that they've done that they, that Tom and, and Jorge did that um, in the last issues, because I think it sort of plays with our expectations and then also sort of, sort of, I guess, reaffirms what this book is about. And, um, yeah, I really like that choice because now it's sort of, I don't know, you feel like you're in open water at this point, you know, like yeah. it's, 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 um, you don't really have that safety net of that sort of, you think that the final confrontation will be with a, a Rorschach or something. Yeah. So as we start this book, um, we, we start off with the, the interrogation scene. Um, and at this point um, it's, the pages are divided into thirds, which we'll, we'll find out more about later. Um, but uh, our detective is in, um, interrogating the, these three individuals. Um, were any of these individuals referenced earlier in the story or are we just sort of dropped in here at this, this point? I'd be interested if they were in, you know, referenced earlier in the books, but um, I don't know if it matters necessarily we, we, we sort of, uh, that's sort of the nice thing about these books is that they are very memorable on their own as single issues. Mm -hmm. Like each issue has a beginning, middle, and like a very clear beginning, middle, and end. It isn't just, you know, uh, a small part in a larger story. And it is obviously, but it's it's two things at once. It's sort of, it's really great. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't, at least I don't remember these guys being brought up, but That'll be something I'm sure we'll, we'll figure out, I'm guessing, once we get a trade or go back and read these from start to finish. Yeah, um, but I think they certainly represent different um, stages of, of Meyerson's career, sort of, mm -hmm. you know, getting started, needing sort of the, the legal representation, um, sort of the halfway point of his career um, where he's, you know, he's seeking some 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 help you know mentally um you know seeing a psychiatrist and then sort of the the later phases of his career where maybe his body as an older man is not able to do these things you know he sort of has a handyman so it's sort of three phases of Myerson's career that are represented through these three guys as well yeah uh, I like that three the the three phases and I guess it's sort of like a uh I guess it could be kind of a uh a representation of sort of like the three dimensions of Meyerson, I guess, right? 
so there's the you know as a man so there's like like you said there's his estate which is you know his artistic creativity and what he wants to protect there then of course there's his mind which is what he uses his therapist for you know to help him protect and strengthen and then when he can't you know physically do something he has the younger man uh daniel shapiro you mm-hmm. know do it so it's sort of like representing three dimensions of himself as well and uh that, that's sort of an interesting way of going about it is having three different characters represent the three sides of this person very true um so after we turn that we i guess this is where i kind of figured out the design of this book on the on the on these next two pages um where they continue with the thirds, with this being a double page, you know, you know, a fold out with a left, right facing page of art, um, I was able to figure out what they were trying to do. And, you know, obviously, then if you flip back and you look at the cover, um, that that that's more of a clue of the the storytelling that they're they're going to use here. Sort of the top third is going to be dedicated to one character. The middle third is going to be dedicated uh, to the story of uh, another character, and the bottom third is going to be the, the the third and final sort of character that we follow through. Um, and then these two pages give us sort of background um, into the relationships with, with Meyerson as before, where they were just sort of in an interrogation room saying they didn't, they didn't know anything. Um, but what did you think when you turned the page here and you just sort of, um, you saw how these two pages were designed? Did it sort of click with you then that this was the, the format that they were going to take through the book? Yeah, it did. And I think it, it sort of made me click. I was like, oh, Matt's going to like this because the colors were, you know, also, you know, distinguished between the three perspectives. Yeah. Three timelines. So I was like, oh, Matt's going to be all over this. So yeah, that that was another thought that I had. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I enjoyed this. This was sort of uh, an interesting way to do, um, you know, this is a lot of exposition that they're, that they're able to deliver, but, you know, this is, we're sort of seeing these images, but these are sort of uh, these three individuals um, sort of recanting their, their, their story with Myerson and, and, and then subsequently their um, voyages out to this remote uh, outpost that, that he has. Um, so I thought that was an interesting way to sort of get all of the, the, that story information in it, because this is a lot of text that might not work necessarily so well as a, as a bunch of, of word balloons on a page, but the way they do it with the, the small blocks of art uh, and the small blocks of text was, uh, it was an interesting way to do it. Yeah, very well paced as usual. You never really feel like there's, I don't know, it feels like there's just so much on each page. I normally can read through these issues pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But this one took longer because of how text heavy it was, but it doesn't feel like it's too text heavy. It's really well paced because I, I read through it twice pretty easily, but both were, you know, they, they, they took like, you know, up to 20 minutes for me to read through. Um, yeah, I definitely know. I, I definitely felt like reading it through. It was a, it was a longer, you know, I, I sat down longer to, to, to read a comic say, you know, not that this is a bad thing, but you know, I might be able to, to, to blow through a daredevil comic in, in you know, six minutes because it's a lot of one, two line sort of jabs back and forth. Let's jump off a building and fight. Like, you know, some of those issues you can get through pretty quick, but not, not here. No, there's a lot to take in, um, which is pretty great. When you did your reread, um, did you read it? Because I've only read this once and I read this sort of the traditional left 
you know, left to right, up to down. Did you read it um, the same way both times, or did you, on a reread, did you try to just do like follow one character's story through? Um, uh, how, how was your reread? My reread was um, I, I read it because you get to the end of the book and you figure out how the order of things happened. Mm-hmm. So my reread, I started with um, Blue. Then I read that through once. So I just read that all the way to the end. And then I went back and read Red all the way through to the end. And then I did Green all the way to the end. And that's the, that's the timeline in order um, of, of things. And um, I don't know if I could, like, it definitely lays it out clearer, I guess you could say. But again, this book is just so well told that I think you could read both and get the same information out of both. I just think it just was nice to have, to get to the end of a book and then it say, you can read this another way. And that's so engaging, you know? And like we talk about a lot on this podcast is that it's really great to go back over these books because so much work goes into them. Uh, that a book basically gives you a reason to go back and read through it again. It's mm-hmm. pretty great. Um, not every book should do it, obviously, but you know, this book, it, it really fit you know, going back through and trying to piece together everything in a sequential uh, linear order. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've only read it once, but yeah, definitely. If I go back, I want to try the experience of, of reading it. So you said it's uh, the blue timeline, the red timeline, and then sort of the, the greenish timeline. That's, yeah. that's, that's okay. And then, but every time read um, the full page of Frank Miller being arrested. So that's the one thing that you because that's the one time it breaks the pattern okay on that that page awesome so you know the 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 interrogation continues but we sort of uh continue the story though um you know they've all gotten to the to the house out in the in the wilderness um you know again sort of the the legal representative is there to sort of help with the estate um, there's a psychiatrist to talk with with Rorschach and then the sort of the Daniel Shapiro guy he's sort of still acting as a handyman um, and he seems to have the most interaction with with the kid um, just because she's sort of um, helping out with the the building of the of the stage which we'll find out what what they're building a stage for uh, later um, do you have any thoughts on how they continue sort of this this format, but advance the story uh, with all three of these individuals at the uh, the compound that they have set up? Um, no, nothing to add. I just think that it's it kind of uh, I wonder if it plays into some like objectivist philosophy. The reason why he has all these people there, to, you know, to sort of test him, you know. Uh, that he's at the top that he feels like he's in at his most control i guess rorschach i mean you know i think that even the the psychiatrist brings that up that he's just sort of having doubts and he's just trying to make sure that he knows what he wants before he does all this stuff and um i think that's sort of a really interesting and not interesting that's a really uh I don't know that that comes off as a very Ayn Rand type thing to do, you know, just to be the one to take control over everything that you have, you know, and and be confident in the choices that you're making. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, you know, to a, like an almost unhealthy uh, way, of course, but yeah, it it is interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's it sort of um, advances the story along. Um, I I just you know the the fact that these guys and I, they talk about it a little bit, but they still sort of interact with him normally as he's he's sitting there with the Rorschach mask. I I could see the the psychiatrist maybe wanting to do it from sort of a professional sort of uh curiosity but the i i'm just trying to figure out why the other two just didn't like bug out and be like this i'm out of here which i i think that's a great thing in the book is because they're constantly justifying why they stuck around yeah you know? and i like that that sort of comes to a head at the end and that's sort of what i don't know that's sort of why we keep reading is just because there's just something off the whole mm -hmm. time with their stories and we pick that up because the detective's picking that up um that was great so um, uh, after that, we, we go back to the interrogation room, uh, you know, again, sort of we're, we're still split in the in the thirds carrying the, the story narrative that way. Um, and the detective is sort of he sort of has different approaches with the with the three guys. Right. He's sort of he's sort of rough on on Daniel um, and then sort of almost playing like I, I don't know if he's playing good cop, bad cop, but sort of he, he has three different approaches to how he handles the, the three different guys. What do you think about sort of the, the interrogations um, and how they're handled for each of these three individuals? Well, like he, he talks to them differently, but he beats them all up. True. And uh, that, that was interesting. And I like how, um, yeah, I, I think that it, it, if you read it in sequential order, you see his mental state break down as the book goes along with his, um, uh, with his interrogations so you see maybe him be a little more calm in certain panels for for a reason you yeah. know versus other panels because it's it is further down the line and he is losing his mind it would be interesting and you know there, there's only so much they could do but it would like i wonder if at any point we sort of had a flashback of how he interrogated people before he got involved in this sort of uh rorschach madness if he never previous to this sort of resorted to, to violence and interrogation it would be interesting if we sort of had like a a case file on him like you know this guy is a straight laced guy he would never rough up a subject but now he or a suspect i should say um but now he's sort of as he becomes more unhinged you know he's 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 stepping over this line now so that that would be interesting to see yeah, it seems like he's a professional, even when he's beating them up, like this is sort of his method, you know, um, I, yeah, so I'd be interested. I think we are going to get an origin comic for him coming up soon. We're going to see how his story plays into the grander um, narrative. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely coming up, maybe in the next issue, maybe in issue 10 or 11. So, yeah. But I think it's about to get real bonkers. I think this is the part where you get really uneasy coming up. Yeah. So uh, the interrogation continues. Um, again, we said you know he's he's beating he's beating these guys, um, trying to to figure out if he can get more information, trying to put the the pieces together. Um, that's followed by. Uh, sort of the the three individuals who have come to the compound they're now having an interaction with the kid um in sort of different states um and again divided into thirds um but we see that you know more constructions being being taken place they they have this sort of uh tower that they they can climb um and the 
the psychiatrist and the, the handyman, they, they climbed the tower in, in this page. Um, so we're seeing a little bit more of, of what's going on here. Uh, your thoughts on uh, what we had here with the, the interactions the, the, with the kid here. I like how this page plays out with, uh, you know, the lawyer basically being, um, you know, the, the Laura brings up to the lawyer going up to the tower. And then you see the psychiatrist climbing the ladder to the tower. And then you see Shapiro at the top of the tower. So I thought that mm -hmm. was a cool way to move, move across and expand the story. So that was cool to use the, the three timelines to tell a sequential moment. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. Um, but I like how, again, this is where, of course, the detective snaps very soon after they talk about this, because like, for Pete's sake, how did, how is no one suspicious of anything going on when they've built this tower and this stage and are practicing shooting a head shaped object on the stage, you know? Yeah. And uh, this is, uh, this is sort of where it gets surreal too, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, automatic you uh, you kind of assume at this point like oh these guys have all been brainwashed themselves yeah uh so the 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 page turn gives us a a two-page spread uh you know thirds going across the page uh uh the lawyer shooting the psychiatrist shooting and the um the handyman shooting all almost the same image just sort of changing out the the character um, and assigning them sort of their 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 theme with their colors um, so uh, you know this is sort of you know one beat two beat three beats if you if you read it up to uh, up you know in in traditional order left to right up to down um, but here we sort of see what this this the you know what they want to accomplish with this compound here yeah. It, I like the pacing. I like the, uh, I love the beats that you brought up. They're great. Yeah. Uh, so again, um, we, we go back to sort of these individuals in the interrogation room. They're, they're still sort of talking it through. Um, you know, we get close-ups of them sort of two panels down their face and, and the gun and, and shooting. Um, the, the right facing pages, then we see the target with the, the smiley face. Uh, and we see sort of the, the progression in their shots. You know, one is way off to the right. One's a little closer, uh, missing to the left. And then sort of the handyman, he's actually able to hit some of the sandbags. Uh, so we see a progression of, um, you know, the shots getting better there as well. So what are your thoughts on uh, these pages here? That was that was really cool because that also if you read this sequentially you you realize that Laura gets better as she practices with the three men as she shoots at the the target. Um, so their their shots getting closer is also, you know, it is sort of uh, it, it points to Laura Laura's accuracy approving improving. Um, but I, I was interested in what you thought of the next page and sort of what, what, what you thought of the lead up to it. Did you see it coming? The, uh, when we flip the page and we see the actual, the actual shots hitting the, uh, the smiley-faced uh, object? Yeah. Um, 
you are you just are you you're referring to sort of the the location of the the blood spatter on the on the on the object yeah yeah um i mean it was a great uh callback uh and it's obviously imagery that would would go with uh with a watchman comic uh what what, what are your thoughts i i think it it definitely adds some weight i guess to the 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 you know, obviously it adds some weight within the grander Watchmen story, but I think it also add, maybe adds some weight of what we know about sort of, you know, what we know about Rorschach from the Watchmen comic and sort of what he thought of the comedian, you mm -hmm. know, sort of the one person that got it. And uh, maybe that goes along with that here in some way, you know, that this callback to the comedian's button. Um that might that's the only thing that really comes to mind maybe there's something else going on here this callback uh but yeah that's that's sort of what i thought and there, there's some other interesting references to the larger watchman story in this book as well in that the the original rorschach and the comedian would have been the two that would have been more willing to to step over the line um yeah. and commit uh commit of active violence if they saw it as a, a means to an end um so so that's the that's the parallel you're you're drawing there i think so that's the parallel i, I think i'm drawing maybe I, I should have given it more thought i think no 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 i i, I think you know talking this through and, and thinking about that 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 would make sense um uh yeah i like that um all right so uh again um, you know, we have the interrogation scenes uh, continuing with the three individuals um, on the left facing page, but the right facing page is sort of their departure um, from, from the compound. Um, again, sort of uh, divided into thirds. Um, what, uh, you know, this sort of just advances the story that, that they all sort of left the compound and, and you know, eventually they're going to be brought in for, for questioning here. Um, what, what are your thoughts on moving the story, um, you know, with their departure from the compound? I like how just how obviously contradictory all their stories are. All of them just feel like, oh, there's nothing wrong. There was no anger, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing weird. Uh, everyone has their ways of justifying it in different ways, which I thought was cool. So the mm -hmm. lawyer justifies it differently. The psychiatrist justifies it differently. And Shapiro justifies it differently, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that. That's, uh, that's, that's a good insight there. Um, yeah. All right, so, so flipping, um, this is where we, we sort of change uh, timelines for a second. Um, you know, we have the, the, the detective um, slamming his head down, but then we sort of cut to the home of one Franklin Miller um, coming out of his home being arrested and having his mask pulled off. So this is the one page here that should be read uh, traditionally uh, as, as a single page, not as sort of a divided into thirds, right? You could also read it first if you wanted to, because technically it is what happened first. Correct. And um, yeah, it's a great page. And then of course the final panel is a callback to the 86 Watchmen. The final three panels are, um, which I think is also interesting. It kind of gives, it plays along with the reincarnation aspect of the story, mm -hmm. right? 
the idea that the spirit of Rorschach is possessing people. Uh, so that was very uneasy. Uh, that's very unsettling at the end. Yes, it is. Um, so the, the, the interrogation continues. Uh, more violence towards the, uh, the suspects that have been brought in, you know, the, 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 the violence that's being shown, the, the rage that's being shown by the detective is increased, um, you know, reading it from the, the start of the comic to here, depending on how, how you want to read it. But, um, you know, so we, we see things escalating there. Um, and then we, we do a page turn and this is sort of a, a, an OS moment here um, where the three individuals um, are looking at him um, and uh, they sort of, they have a message uh, for, for the detective. What were your thoughts when, when you turned the page and you, and you saw what they had to say to him? Oh, brilliant. Just a brilliant moment. Looking through it now, uh, barely any of these pages have less than 10 panels on them. Mm-hmm. Most of them have 10 panels or, or, or less or, or not, not, not less like, or more. And then to go, you know, this is sort of the, the cool equivalent of having a splash page almost, you know, where yeah. you have three panels, all the same size. You have this three, the page separated into these three horizontal panels. And um, of course the zoom in on each, you know, each character is different in each panel, obviously, but it's almost like the camera zooming in. It's really unsettling. And the fact that the hat on Shapiro sort of, you know, creates this mask mm-hmm. on the final figure is sort of also unsettling. And it also sort of shows that maybe the Rorschach, like we talked about before with like Rorschach getting closer behind the mm-hmm. detective, this is sort of that moment right here, you know? Yeah. And the, and the, and the blood patterns are almost, uh, or the, you know, the wounds that they've suffered and the, the, the blood patterns are almost sort of uniform as well. They're all sort of on the same side of the mouth. Mm, yeah. uh, they, they drip on the same side of the shirt. So it's sort of, again, sort of aligning these three individuals um, with, you know, with, with that as well. So, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Man, it's a, uh some interesting asymmetry i guess on this page yeah so from from here um the detective takes a moment to to come out and get some some water and uh there there's an agent uh waiting for him um and uh they they sort of have a uh, conversation about how it's going um and you know the the detective says that the the squids are here um you know in parens, he's sort of speaking as you know, quoting the 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 guys that are that he's been talking to, um, and then sort of he he goes back in. So this is this is where our issue ends. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts on on how we end the the issue here? I like how reading it sequentially, the final panel sort of you know is this if you if you you go back to the beginning and you read you know, the lawyer's, you know, perspective next. So if you're, if you're reading this sequentially, you go back, but if you look at it as the end of the issue, the cycle of violence continues even after the issue ends. Right. You know, so Rorschach has his effect. Um, he has his sort of like beyond the grave of 
like his hands are wrapped around this detective in this moment and the cycle of violence continues at the end. So I really like that symbol of him walking through the door again, representing this guy basically getting sucked into the violence that Rorschach represents. Um, so when you read this last page, this is when you figured out the, 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 the timeline because reading um, the, the bottom third and he says he's going back to, to talk to the lawyer, that's when you realize that you should go do I have this corrected? Yeah. To the top one. Then um, if you look at um, the, the, let me see which one. Um, if you look up at the top, well, so you look at the cups, that's also the big giveaway right there. So if you look at um, the blue cup in the garbage can, and then you look at the water cooler behind him and you see that the, the red cup is next. And then you go up to the top and you see that the green cup is underneath the red cup. And it's all color coded, so you figure out the timeline that way. Oh wow, that's that's a great catch. Yeah, and that's that's laid out throughout the whole book. Like you know, everyone's outfits have different, have their own color codes. So the lawyer has the red tie, the psychiatrist has the green sweater, and Shapiro has the blue hat. And that's really cool, I think. Yeah, and looking at this last page, if you look at the 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 blood spatter that it's on his white uh, the detective's white shirt it's almost in the the same sort of lower i guess if you're thinking about your them it's sort of on your lower left um just below the collar he has you know as i, I stated on the other page his blood stain is almost matching the the location of, of those three guys so as yeah. he as he sort of is a possible suspect or subject to this, this, this brainwashing. He's sort of, mm. you know, symbolized as being very similar to these guys as well with sort of where the blood on his shirt lies. That's a good catch. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's just as much a victim of the violence as they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so I think that that's going to cover it for our, uh, our review. Sometimes at the end of these, we, we do predictions, uh, do you want to do uh, do you want to do any predictions here? I guess first, um, well, what do you think they they did a call to they they referenced the TV series in this issue? They um, did, yeah. There's yeah. the, the we, one we, where the individuals are are laying in the bed, right? Um, they did. They well, then I think Shapiro says that there are police officers wearing masks in the Midwest. Yes, that yeah. that I, I caught that one. Yeah, because that was sort of their defense when the detective was asking him like, you know, why are you so willing to hang out with a dude that's walking around in a Rorschach mask? And they're like, yeah. So that was sort of one of their defense was like, Hey, you know, there, there's, there's cops covering their face running around. So what's so strange about this? Yeah. So I thought that was cool, but predictions, um, but I definitely see the next issue. Definitely. I, I mean, I think the next issue has got to end with, you know, the, the detective about to put on the mask. I, I really think that's sort of what's going to happen next. So um, that would be, that would be issue 10 with about two issues to go. Let's see where issue nine, I think is next. Oh, issue nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think that would sort of like launch us firmly into the third act at that point, you know, um, that's my prediction, but w what are your predictions? Uh, I like that. I, I'm, I, I don't think that this detective is going to be alive by the end of, of issue 12. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of getting to that point too, but I think we're going to learn more about him before he dies. 
I think that that definitely fits with it. He's re- he's reminding me more and more of um, kind of that classic noir uh, detective who kind of gets sucked in with a, like a femme fatale, mm-hmm. you know? And I kind of think that that fits because Laura's kind of the femme fatale, you know, in this story. And um, so, yeah, I definitely see him not being alive by issue 12 too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could also see him having the uh, heroic moment um, near the end, but sort of still after that heroic moment, sort of maybe some of the wounds that he's sustained during the, during the fight, you know, sort of doing him in at the end. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be something that'll happen in the next issue that will make him come around to the idea that the squids are here, you know? Um if that's more than like, you know, him being having to put the Rorschach mask on, that'll be the end of the next issue is him discovering something that proves that theory or that he thinks proves that theory. Um, uh, Oz, is in, Oz is in jail. Yeah, but, but there's, I, I, there's, the, there's, there, there's still that Arctic, <laughs> there's still that Arctic base where you can <laughs> put the, the frozen squids into different sort of uh, latitude and longitudes and dump them like that would, that would really mess with somebody if, or mess with him if they could get somebody got down there and just sort of pulled a couple of levers and uh, drop some squids somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, and I think that um, one thing I thought of while you were talking was I, I think that we're going to get a, um, an, a Laura centric issue next as well. Um, Cause it's been a while since we've had any issue about her. So I think that's what we're due for next. And I think at the end he is going to have, he's going to be, you know, having to decide whether this, he believes that the squids are there or not. Yeah. I mean, Laura is, is, I think we've talked about this in the past, but Laura is in the FBI. She should have some sort of, uh, you know, she could, should be able to cross sort of cross reference some sort of database, and she should be interested in uh, somebody coming back with Kovacs's DNA. Like you would have thought that she maybe would have had like a an alert set up or, or something like that. So there, there, there's certainly. All right, am I? Am I? I'm. I'm talking. You're. You're talking about Laura, the kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, and I. I was moving on to. Um, Lori. Uh, Lori. Uh, uh, not Jupiter. She took that. She took. Um, oh yeah, Juspechik. Um, yeah. Oh, Lori Blake. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, she took. Yeah. She took. She took the comedian's yeah. name in this. Okay. Yeah. So, do you think we could get a uh, a Lori Blake appearance anywhere? Oh, I hope so. Uh, the 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 thing is though. Actually, like uh, Tom King would be able to write like the Gene Smart Lori so well from the TV show, but mm-hmm. I don't know if like if he wrote it around the same time that the show is coming out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he would be want he'd want to touch that. Um, yeah, that would be great if she did. The only thing is, again, like it has to be the. For me, it has to be the Gene Smart Lori. Like, cause I, that, that was like one of my favorite parts of the TV show. So do you think maybe after uh, the, the success, I, I have to assume that this book is going to uh, have some critical, uh, critical acclaim and stuff like that. Do you think maybe we're going to see more, uh, more, ser- more series done in this, 
2021, 2020 Watchmen world. I was actually going to ask you the same thing because I was thinking about that today. Um, I kind of hope not, but at the same time, I think, I don't think so actually, because I think Lindelof set a really cool precedence with not coming back for a second season of Watchmen. So I don't think so. I, I think if it does, it's gotta, I think DC and Warner brothers, whoever are whole, are going to follow that precedence that, that Lindelof set. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think we could get stuff like, I know that death metal had some tie-ins to Watchmen, you know, mm-hmm. I could see stuff like that happening way more than I could see something like this happening again like a night, a night owl series written by chip starsky or something like that um but what about you what do you think um i think that they're going to come back to this somehow i'm just not sure how they will but when you came out and said you know the the precedent of sort of the one and done uh i'm sure jim lee just sort of sent off an email said cancel the uh, the lube man series that that we have going uh, we have set up to go yeah, Liefeld's big return to DC. Um, <laughs> why, why, why is Lube Man always standing in um, a pile of lube and I can't see his feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be more of a, an all red book or something like that. Um, lube Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I really hope that happens. A Lube Man book. It's got to be a. I mean, HBO Max is giving everybody a, a mini series. I'm surprised they haven't announced that yet. You know? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I, uh, I had a lot of fun breaking this down. Um, no surprise that we, we both liked it. I, I, I thought that it was a, a interesting way to um, sort of give us a, uh, a different way to tell the, tell the Rorschach story um, dividing into the thirds. Um, I wonder if we'll see any, other creative takes on uh, sort of the delivery system of the the storytelling going going forward. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also, if you could, please check out the Kickstarter page for Dino Thrasher's um that will be live until march 31st 2021 um so time is of the essence there if you could um i'll have links to that kickstarter page and our social media in the show notes but i'd like to thank everybody for listening please be nice to each other be safe and go out there and make some comics